0: Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair, we've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe, I'm Luann Prater, and with me today in the cafe is Samantha Jackal. Samantha, what in the world? Well, actually, in another world, on the other side of the world, you are talking to me right now from Melbourne, Australia. Thank you for doing that.
1: No, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be talking with you. For me, it's tonight, so it's 11 (laughs) p.m. in
0: the evening. Isn't that crazy? I mean, we're 14 hours difference, and yet here we are. We're able to carry on a conversation, and, and so I know that... It's been a little bit of a struggle just to try to find the right time that would work. But I wanted to have you on and join us in the cafe because your book, My Purple Pants, has a great story that is one of heartache and healing. And I would love for you to just, first of all, take us on a little journey of where this all began.
1: Yeah, look, um, first of all, My Purple Pants, The book in itself was written um, to glorify God for what He had done in my life, because it was so traumatic, especially my childhood, that I just wanted to give Him thanks and glory. So I actually wrote it just as a thank you to Him and also uh, for my children, so they could just see what God had rescued me from. And, it was published and that's how the book came about. But it all began that I was born into a family of both parents being alcoholics and being the youngest sibling. And my mom's marriage was falling apart and she decided to have a baby um, and that was me. And I was to be born a boy and I was gonna save this marriage that was falling apart. And when I was born, it was I was a girl And so from that point on, she really rejected me because I was a girl and she wanted a boy. And so everything that happened in her world uh, was my fault. Anything bad that happened in her world was my fault. So I became um, her scapegoat for everything. Um, And so the rejection was at a very young age as a baby. And then growing up, I would see my My father abused my mother. He was a really violent man that spent time in prison and psych wards. And eventually my mum left him and um, moved away from him with me and my other siblings. And then the abuse started from her where she actually started to abuse me uh, physically, spiritually, and also um, emotionally. Um, But also she abused me sexually. And that progressively got a lot worse right up into my teens. And in around my teens, that abuse stopped. Um, But I'm not really sure of that timing. I can remember little bits where it faded away. But as a kid, you don't really know what that, you know, that you're being abused. So for me, it was just my friends didn't have the same relationship with their mother as I did. And, um, at around the age of seven, though, God placed me in a classroom um, with a Christian. And so I had this influence in my life from about the age of seven of uh, this friend of mine that used to take me to church, used to take me to youth group, to a kids' club, um, and it always had me around. So I had this, this influence from this family, this beautiful Christian family, of what a, a really loving God looked like
0: well I, I it breaks my heart to hear your story because I know that there are some folks sitting around the table with us today who have experienced that same dysfunction in their childhood and in their past. And what I love about you is that you've been able to uh, give some light to the whole topic and it's God's light. You've been able to uh, allow God to shine through the vulnerable cracks that have uh, other people uh, hiding you know other people can hide from this and you say no let's let's be vulnerable let's share what happened and then let's watch what God does with that vulnerability and Samantha I know that this family that came into your life is not unlike You and I right now, I mean, we have opportunities and the folks sitting in this cafeteria, this cafe with us, they all have opportunities to touch someone else's life and they may not even understand how important it is to lean in and listen when God nudges us like that. This family evidently felt that Holy Spirit nudge and they they showed you what God looked like.
1: Yeah, and that's so true. And you know, I, I was, um, even though I was a child, you know, I came from the wrong side of town. I, uh, they, I was rough. You know, I was, I wasn't educated like them in in the uh, politeness of life. So you know, I was a bit smelly. I didn't use the correct words. I swore a little bit. Um, but they were willing to take me in and nurture me and show me what God's love was. And when I say take me in, they didn't take me in full time, but whenever I was at their home, they embraced me and made me a member of their family. And that was something that I would take back to my own home and I would feel the difference. You know, this is, this is, my life is so different to their life. And look what, you know, it has to be a God factor in
0: there. So tell me what, um, what, changed in your life. Once once this piece came about, tell me the next thing that happened that made you realize something was missing and where you are today.
1: Look, I think there was a whole lot of little things that happened, especially through my teenage years. One of the more specific things where I really felt, uh, felt God in a, a real way was that I had saved up some money and I wanted to buy a pair of pants. And this is actually where the title comes from. And I had never had anything new, so I went down the street with the money I had saved up and tried on these amazing purple pants. And I didn't have enough, so I lay by them and um, went home and my mum was quite abusive if I didn't give her all my money and if I didn't tell her everything. So I kept it a secret from mum and um, We lived in a really noisy area because of domestic violence and this afternoon it was very quiet and our door, someone bashed on our door and so my mum yelled at me to come and answer the door and when I did, no one was there, but there was a parcel there and inside that parcel, it had my name on it, and inside the parcel was these pair of purple pants that I had just tried on that morning. And so I rode down the street and asked the shopkeeper, you know, who came in and and bought these pants for me. And she said, oh, you came back, you came back and paid for them. And I remember riding home and feeling this incredible love that this God loved me so much that he would send an angel or send somebody in. You know, maybe someone went in and paid and she just wasn't telling the truth. But for that teenage girl, I just felt this incredible love. And although my situation didn't change, I just knew that there was a God that was walking with me and He loved me through all the pain and through all the circumstances that I was walking through. And that kind of was something that cemented in my heart, this pair of purple pants. But I think the abuse was never really dealt with. I never talked about it. I never talked about it with my family, uh, with my friends. And then eventually I left home and that abuse outworked in my life and I became quite manipulative, controlling, and I was damaged, I was really, really hurt. And so um, that that went into me finding a boyfriend and we um, went to the same church. Um, He was involved in worship and in leadership uh, in the youth group. And eventually our relationship turned into a sexual one. he decided that he needed to call off that relationship because of uh, the cracks he could see in my personality. We started; I started to show cracks that I couldn't cover up. And after that, I actually decided, because I had been abused, the only thing that no one had ever touched was my lips. And he had kissed me, so I had decided he was going to marry me no matter what. And so I actually... Um, tricked him into marrying me, I told him I was pregnant and just a few weeks out from our wedding I told him I had miscarried and then I kept that secret in my heart for a year of our marriage and that year was hell Um, complete how we argued all the time I was insecure, I'd accuse him of having affairs with other women, I'd accuse him of loving God more than me you know I was desperate and um, I eventually told him Um, a year later and he walked out and then we had a year apart where you know he went and he searched God and for me I just went into a real pit and at that point I even had my church community kind of not know what to do with me. It was in the 80s and they didn't know what to do with uh, a girl that could lie to not only a guy but to a whole congregation and so they kind of suggested that I leave the church for a time and find another place. Um, And so that was a really lonely year and a year where I felt completely emotionally out of control. And after the year, the Lord spoke to Peter and taught him to come back. He used scripture to speak to Peter. I was 20 at the time and Peter was 23. And he, he came back and he said, Sam, I don't know why God wants me to come back. I don't love you but I feel like he wants me to come here and be with you and pray with you. And that's what we did. We prayed. And at that point, you know, I probably had signs of possibly being schizophrenic. Um, I I was just all over the place. I would go walking at night on my own. I would get up in the middle of the night and scream at him for no reason. Um, And we began to pray together and we realized that there was a spiritual element here as well, a real wounding in my heart that God needed to heal. So after having prayer ministry, I went to counseling and around five years it took of us doing the hard slog of working through issues, me working through real life issues, real identity issues, um, that God really healed us, healed me and then healed our marriage. And um, this year, we celebrate 30 years of marriage with five young adult children, and God has just been really sweet, you know, um, in the way He's healed our family, but also blessed our family.
0: Sam, I know that I was in a, a dysfunctional family as well, and I know how hard it can be for the gals that are listening right now. And they may be in that very same situation or something like it. And they're saying, I just can't see daylight at the end of this tunnel. I just can't see it. What would you say to them to give them hope? I think trust,
1: trust in God that he sees the daylight and he hears all our prayers. You know, one of the big things that has ministered to me is that God has no favourites. He doesn't favour anyone. No one's more important than anyone else. He favours no one above anyone else. And we don't have to do anything for Him to deliver us from our situation but to trust in Him and have faith. And to be open and completely vulnerable. You know, one of the things that I find today is we become so protective of our own little world and that we're too scared to open up to people and so you know I say to many people that I've spoken to be vulnerable and accountable you know be accountable to, to people that you trust but also be vulnerable to them and be really open about every part of your life and you know in that time when I was getting uh, healed up from the inside you know, I had some people that I was really vulnerable with and I gave them permission to ask me any question, especially because I had, um, I, you know, in my years before, I had become such a liar and manipulator. I said to them, you ask me anything. You can ask me if I've lied today and I'll tell you. Um, I open up my whole life to you and I want to be remain accountable to you. And I found that one of the hardest things to do, but one of the the best things I could do because it made me realize the road I walked, I had to determine which way I was going to walk. And I had to have trust in God, but I also had to have accountability, um, not only in God, but with people around me.
0: You know, I love the fact that you had people that you could do that with, and I think one of Mm -hmm. the things that i see in today's society is it's a very judgmental world that we live in and so people are very hesitant to say anything because you can see it on social media you can see it in your church you can see it in your family where as soon as you show the weakness in your armor that's exactly where they're going to target and so how do you Uh, let down your walls and your barriers to accepting that accountability when you're so worried that somebody's going to judge you for it and 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 then you're going to be outcast again how do you get past that and find that that group of people who will love you instead of judge you
1: yeah, and that's really hard. I think, you know, for me, once I had the revelation of God's love and and that true revelation of God's love in my life and His forgiveness power. And when I had experienced, you know, that forgiveness of His forgiveness of me and my I, I had to forgive myself as well, it enabled me to actually reach out and search for people And it also enabled me to trust him that he'd bring people alongside me. And, you know, for me, it was really hard because some people, you know, even today, you know, 30 years on, some people still hold me uh, to the person I was. Mm. And they haven't released me out of that. And I have to just smile at them and I have to just, you know, give them grace and tell God to deal with them. But but with. The trust issue, I think it's actually just sourcing out people. And if, if you don't have anyone in your community, a counsellor, you know, finding a good counsellor, someone that will do life with you because it's really important, even not even for the person in the situation, but the people that you bring into that circle, that they realise that this is a journey. This isn't just a one, you know, a one conversation. This is many conversations. This is... M- Possibly many years walking with this person through that, through that time and through that healing. So, um, if you don't have anyone in your community that you can turn to, then I would, I would seriously suggest go and find a counsellor um, within a church or uh, get someone to ring a church and get their advice on a counselling service in your area.
0: I remember when I had started opening up and telling my story and it was it was such a small bit of vulnerability when I first began and and it was telling my pastor and my Mm -hmm. pastor said you know he 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 was so loving and prayed and and he said you know now that you've said it God's gonna ask you to let him use your story and I said no 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 I'm not (laughs) I'm not wanting anybody else to know and I remember God opening the door, uh, and I w- really wasn't prepared for this. I was supposed to be sitting with and keeping company with uh, the gal from the 700 Club and when, when I was with Proverbs 31, and I was just sitting there, just supposed to take care of her for a little while, and we got in a conversation, and before you know it, um, she is interviewing me, and asking me questions and I just felt comfortable talking to her and two months later she called and said we'd really like to have you on the show telling your story and oh my goodness I remember being scared to death of all the judgment that was going to roll out because of that but here's what happened instead. I did have those people who judged me and still judge me to this day but it freed me from worrying about the judgment because I felt God's love so incredibly close as I told my story. And Sam, I know that you have experienced that with your book and with being vulnerable and speaking to groups. And it's exactly what we need sometimes to be able to free us from the chains that hold us to our past.
1: I think it also enables us not to be defined by our past, you know, it frees us completely into the future that God has, not what we uh, experienced in our past. So I think one of the big things for me is that people often are defined by their past because they hide it and they live out of that past, that fear. And once they release it, then they're free to, uh, to walk into the future that God has for them.
0: I hope that the ladies that are sitting here with us today, I hope that if you are in this situation, that you do find help, that you do seek prayer and seek God's wisdom. But I hope more than anything, you will realize that you are loved. You are loved no matter what else is happening in your life. God loves you and he's going to pursue you. He's gonna carry you, and just like Sam, discovered with the purple pants, <laughs> he's gonna show himself to you in ways that will astound you. So this week, I encourage you to grab on to that love, look around you and see who else needs that kind of love from you. And may the God of hope give you the courage encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Sam, thank you for being with us today.
1: Uh, Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luanne and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time. Rachel, I am so excited about our new website. Oh, it's looking so good. Have you been to it lately? Well, I don't know if our friends sitting around the table have, but I want to encourage you to stop by encouragementcafe.com. You're going to find so much that is going to make you have the courage you need to encourage others.